Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Tyler Robertson. Tyler saw an opportunity when he quit his nine to five seven years ago to start Diesel Laptops, a diesel diagnostics company that primarily serves heavy and medium duty truck, automotive, and off-road customers. With a commitment to customer service that keeps their customers coming back, Diesel Laptops experienced tremendous growth using digital marketing. This strategy is not the only way to, to gain brand awareness in the B2B space, though. On today's episode, Tyler and I will discuss that strategy that he used to take diesel laptops from seed to bringing in over $500 million a year in revenue. Tyler, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Well, thanks for being on here. And I, I promise you we're trying really hard to get to half a billion a year in revenue. So we're not quite there yet, but we're, we're making strides. Yeah, right. So, you know, we got to make it happen, but uh, it's always good to be aspirational as well. Tell me a little bit about your background. I was putting together, you know, like a little bit of idea. We're not just talking about tough laptops here, right? We're talking about uh, specialized equipment for a unique niche that really does need the hardware and the software in order to make their businesses run. So tell me a little bit about who you are and what makes your company so amazing. Yeah. So I had this weird background. Like I went to school for computer engineering, but I got kicked out for bad grades. So I had to go back home, tell tuck between my legs and go work for my dad. And my dad had up and, and his brothers had bought a truck dealership. So I got involved in truck dealership. And through that, I learned how truck dealerships work and all these opportunities. And the truck dealerships like car dealerships. I was a service manager. I was a parts manager. I worked the counter. I did truck sales, all these things. But really marketing is really where I gravitated to. So my last job before quitting was I was an IT and marketing manager for a company. So I was doing two roles inside this 300 employee company. And what we do is we make it easier for people to fix diesel powered equipment. And that happens in both the on-highway world and the off-highway world. And the off-highway world is much bigger. Those are the things that most people don't see or realize. It's all the generators, it's all the farm tractors, all the things that move dirt, all the cranes, all these pieces that are machinery. And if the COVID taught us anything with supply chain, which is now a word people tend to understand a little bit better than three years ago, is it's really critical. Trucks get from point A to B. And if they do break down, something happens and something gets fixed. And really my background last 15 years before doing this thing at Diesel Laptops was that whole process. And it's an industry that's been kind of the dark ages forever. So I started my thing to do at Diesel Laptops actually part-time about 10 years ago. I ended up quitting my job full-time about seven years ago. And now we have a little bit north of 200 employees and we're actually on pace to do about 70 million this year. So revenue keeps going, business keeps booming, and we're really liking where the future's heading with us. So would you characterize the type of equipment that you're creating? Is this all aftermarket that 
bolts on to that bolts onto the primary devices that people are using. Uh, how do your devices and your software interface with that? So we do four things really. And it started with like everything else, your business evolves, but it started with, Hey, people just need a, a solution. And if you're in the odd, like I relate to the automotive market, you bring your car to a Ford dealer, they have the Ford software. You bring it to an independent shop. They have aftermarket in our world. A lot of that didn't exist. Some did. So we have our own products and we sell everybody else's products that let us sell. Because what we figured out is just handing someone a tool isn't good enough. If I give you a part for your car that was broken, you'd be great. I still don't know how to install it. I don't know how to, how it gets wired. I don't know any of these other things. So we have to build repair information. I have a call center staff with diesel technicians helping people over the phone and over the internet, helping them fix things. And we have training centers throughout the United States where we actually teach people not how to use the tools. That's 5%. 95% is how do you actually fix something? So we kind of combine all that together and we go to market, not with a product, but with a solution. And we go to the market with a message of, we're going to save you time and money. And this is how we're going to do it. And it's a thing that really resonates with our customers. Because in the B2B space, your truck breaks down. You can't just go walk across the street and go to the local enterprise and pick up another rental truck. You have to get your truck going. It's got a trailer. You got special equipment. It's a little more complex than that. So it's really important that these vehicles keep moving at all times. You know, and you have a deadline, which is also important. And we keep on hearing about, you know, those deadlines are really cutting into the productivity of how people are actually moving this stuff across our country and around the world. So I can definitely identify with that. One of the things I wanted to, you know, I wanted to dive in a little bit, though, is your focus on using digital marketing in order to get the word out. Now, since you're pretty squarely a you work with other businesses. You don't necessarily work with consumers. It's really important that you have a, you know, like your avatar really down pat, you know, and who it is that you're servicing and why you're servicing them. But also sometimes, you know, like the ideal person or the ideal group of people that you need to be talking to can be a little elusive. Talk to me a little about how you figured out how to reach these people and to be able to deliver the right message at the right time to them. Yeah. So when we first started selling these things, I did it like everybody else that sold tools. We literally were, you know, we were like, well, we got to go door to door and we have to go there. We have to show them how it works and hook up to trucks and do these things. And we learned really quickly that really sucks because you just spent a couple hours driving somewhere. You met with one customer for a couple hours. It did everything we said it was going to do. They just need to get convinced. And then maybe they bought, maybe they didn't. And you talk to one or two customers a day. And we were like, man, this is never going to scale up. How am I going to sell these across the entire North America if I have to have field reps out there doing these things? And I brought on a person to help me with sales uh, about six months in. And he had, the, he had the idea. He goes, Tyler, I think we should never do demos again. And I think we shouldn't even have one. The salespeople shouldn't even have them. I'm like, well, how are we going to sell this? Who's going to buy an $8,000 tool without trying it? And he's like, man, let's use the internet. He goes, you're great. You know the product, you know the market. Just go with your camera and hook up to some trucks and just walk people through what you're doing. That way, when they come to me and say, well, how well does it do a DPF regen on a Caterpillar engine? I can be like, it works great. Here's the video, Mr. Customer. Now give me your credit card. Let's get this deal done. So he, we did that. We offered a 30-day money-back guarantee and that, that kind of solved that problem. But it still came down to how do you go find business? And we're in the B2B space. That's not an easy thing to do. It's like you said, business owners are busy. They're busy all day just trying to get what's going on in their shop and trying to get out the door and take care of their customers. They're not sitting there waiting for the phone during to take a sales call. So how do we do it? And what we figured out is we don't need to target them. They're not the ones with the problem. 
The ones with the problem are the technicians, the guys actually doing it. So let's go market online and target diesel technicians. And let's put that message in front of them. And we think if we do that, when they have a problem, they notice something that solves their problem, they'll go bring it up to their boss. And we were targeting small businesses when we did this. So you know what? Lo and behold, it works. We target diesel technicians. We put our ads across. We put them on landing pages. We have a sales team that follows up and and goes through it. So I can tell you today, uh, we do over 2,000 leads a month come in through just digital marketing, landing pages and forms and different content that we're sending people through. And again, that's either a big number or a small number, depending on what industry you're in. But I can tell you in our industry, it's it's a very big number for us. You know what's amazing about that scenario that, that you just illustrated is that most of the time you would think like, okay, if I'm going to go to LinkedIn and I'm going to start looking for who's my ideal client, I'm going to be looking for C-level execs or business owners that have a specific profile and I'm going to start selling to them. And basically what you're telling me is, yeah, those guys are too busy. (laughs) You know, it's like, they're too busy running their companies. They're too busy making sure everyone else comes in on time and, you know, actually gets the work done. But then when you target the actual people, you know, who are getting their fingernails dirty, who have wrenches in hand and are actually trying to get this stuff, you know, up and running, they are going to talk amongst themselves and then push the gospel forward, if you will. Yeah. And this strategy has worked not only for small customers. I mean, we get, we get 50 leads, 60 leads a day, whatever it is. It works for the big companies. They just have a longer sales cycle. So I can tell the audience, uh, we landed in an account that ended up being the largest diagnostic tool industry deal in like world history. Like these people have bought in tens of millions of dollars of diagnostic tools. And it started with a diesel technician seeing our ad, bring it up to his manager. And of course it went up the food chain, you know, over the course of two years. But it does work. You just have to keep making sure you're consistent with the message. And I think with any product you're selling or service, you have to have a benefit to them. There's no point in marketing something without talking about the benefit. And that's, I think, a lot of people miss too. They just talk about, I got this thing. It's got these features, blah, blah, blah. No, like talk about what it's going to do to help my life. And I think a lot of people miss that point of it. Let's dig in a little bit. I think this part is intensely interesting, you know, and very illuminating as well, is that you are targeting the people who are, you know, who are actually going to be in the weeds, implementing this stuff and in, in, uh, giving them the tools for them to kick it upstairs in order to make sure that, it, you know, that it gets actually implemented and purchased so that they can use these tools as well. How would you say that you've had to tweak your messaging across the different types of tools that you guys uh, support. So you mentioned Caterpillars, you mentioned the, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, there are heavy duty trucks, medium duty trucks. There are also trucks that transport our stuff, you know, logistically across the U.S. How does that messaging change according to each one of those verticals? Yeah, it, it's been, I'll, I'll probably do it in a little bit different way than you asked there because it's been really interesting. So in the automotive world, I think anyone that owns an automobile, probably knows they can go to Napa, Rallys, or Autos and buy a scan tool or buy something to read their codes. Like that's kind of common knowledge. In the heavy duty truck industry, when we started this seven years ago, eight years ago, what happened was is people didn't even think that was an option. They thought I have to buy what the dealers have. That's the only thing that exists. So that was the first thing was just coming to the market saying, oh, look, do you know there's a multi-brand tool that does all these things that these OEM softwares do? And now you only have one program, not 30. And you don't have to pay a fee every year. Like that was a that was a big thing at the time. And now that I'm on the truck side, I'm seven years into that messaging. People know they don't question anymore. Like, what do you mean there's a tool? They they know there's a tool. They're just trying to find the right tool to fit their situation. So we've had to tweak and explain why ours is better. Now it's not about the tool. It's about 
well, I'm going to give you not just a tool. I'm going to give you repair information. I'm going to give you training. I'm going to give you technicians available to help you remotely. And I'm going to give you all these other things. So I'm not just selling you a tool. We don't even talk about the tool anymore. We talk about all the problems and all the things we're going to, we're going to do there. But what's funny is, is we are in two other businesses. We're in the off-highway business and the marine business as well, doing the same thing. In the, in the off-highway business, it's still like day one of seven years ago where people are like, what do you mean I can buy something besides a John Deere tool to work on my, my equipment? That doesn't exist. Or like, no, it does exist. Like we've seen this message play out. And on the Marine side, it's the same thing. We're a little bit further along in that one, in the evolution there. But people are finally realizing like, oh, there is some really good tools that hook up to every boat I ever come on to connect to and do all these things, gas, diesel, whatever they're powered by electric. doesn't matter. You got to keep tweaking, I think, and fine tuning it. You got to keep doing things to differentiate yourself and making sure people understand the value and that was really kind of one of our curses is we went to the market promoting another vendor's uh, product name and it, we were promoting it so heavy. People thought we were that vendor and we're not, we're just reselling their stuff. So when we kind of went back this last time where we tweaked it, it wasn't, we don't even use their name anymore. It's just, here's the diesel laptop solution. Here's all the problems we're going to solve for you. And nobody else can do that besides us. So yeah, you have to constantly be evolving the message. You know, what's interesting is that you almost Xeroxed yourself, right? You know, where Xerox is actually a company name, not a verb, right? Yeah. And uh, now people are using your name as the verb instead of just, uh, you know, going out to the, uh, you know, to the original manufacturer. I'm curious, though, there are some, uh, some of these manufacturers, you know, you hear that they have very closed systems. Right. And you hear that there are like, you know, hackers and, you know, in Eastern Europe that can help you unblock your farm equipment so that you can, uh, you know, tweak some of this stuff yourself. How do you guys straddle between that world where the manufacturer wants to keep uh, some of their stuff proprietary, yet you are opening up the hood, if you will, and allowing people to service this stuff themselves? Yeah, it's the it's the right to repair. There's never any battle going on here. So people want to really want to enjoy themselves. Go Google like right to repair and put John Deere at the end of that. You'll see all the articles. But yeah, they don't they don't want us doing that because all of a sudden now their customers have an alternative option. They don't have to go to John Deere. And we're saying and our customers are saying, well, we want that. And all that's done, all this is done without the help of the manufacturer. Trust me, they are doing everything they can to try to stop people like us from developing tools to do these things. But at the end of the day, it's, it's legal reverse engineering is what's happening here. It's the same thing that happens in the, uh, the phone industry. It happens in the laptop industry. All these industries where people want the right to repair their own devices, whether it's a truck, a car, a mobile phone, a laptop, people want options not beholden to the manufacturer of that particular, uh, whoever makes it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting space. And I'll go back to your, your brand comment you made. I will say like the most traffic, our biggest traffic source today is our own, our own brand name, right? That's where we get all the traffic from. And that's really hard for someone else to try to compete against because people aren't Googling diagnostic tools. They're Googling diesel laptops in our space. So we have that brand name recognition. And I can tell you, it, it's, it's funny because when I look at our competitors' pages, their top pages, when we kind of do some reverse lookups, is keywords for diesel laptops. So people are targeting our brand name now at our competitors. So it's, it's a good space for us to be in. We'd rather be there than people not know who we are. So again, it's the constant protecting your turf and evolution you have to do as well. Where do you see the future of your digital marketing heading now that we have a greater emphasis on privacy? We have, you know, like the larger tools like Facebook and Google and Apple, you know, like doing, you know, implementing uh, these roadblocks for us, right? You know, where they're hiding the email address or they're masking the email address, or you're not getting as good targeting or as good location information as we used to. And of course, that the cost per 
you know, capturing that lead is going up across the board. Uh, how is your company adapting to that changing situation? Yeah. So we've done some pretty cool things, I think. First of all, I mean, we have about 200 employees and 10 of them are in marketing and we're big on marketing, full-time writers, content writers, video people, all this, but we have an engineering department too. So we've done a couple of things. One, we have a ton of free software and apps we've released. And we do that for two reasons. One is providing value to the customer. It's building brand name recognition, but guess what? Every time you register it, I get your name, your email, and your phone number. And there's some things that go on there. Uh, Number two really goes back to us just, again, just really us providing all that value. We built an ad network on top of all these things as well. So when you download some of our apps or go to our free websites that do different things, we build our own like a Google ad network, but we call it the diesel ad network that displays banner ads on mobile software, PC-based software, uh, websites, and our own ad network delivers something like 700 million ad impressions a year. And that's to our, our own network of people we know are our users, just looking at our other services and products. So it's that it's things like, you know, like you do, and a lot of us do, I, we have a, po- I have a podcast show. So I have a, and I have a podcast show I do every week. It's industry related. We do that to drive traffic. And then we have another big one that we do. And we started it right when COVID happened. And that would be an annual online virtual event. So that's gotten bigger and bigger every year. We did it two years ago. We had 2,500 people. Last year, there was 5,000. It happens here in the middle of May this month. And we'll have probably more about 10,000 or so, I think, show up this year. And it's now a three-day event. And of course, people show up at this thing, free talks, giveaways, tools, virtual booths all these things. And we're still out there engaging with customers, collecting information. So it's partly getting that information, like you're saying, but it's part of it just being that brand that's out there that people rep, people know and people trust. And we want to make sure they know to call us the first time they need something. And that's our goal here at Diesel. You know, what's interesting about what you just described is you don't own the horse, right? You basically own the racetrack at this point, right? So you're setting up this, uh, this entire ecosystem within your, uh, within the brand that you created uh, within the devices and how they access the devices and the way they interface with you, where you basically own the entire racetrack now, where everything that they're doing, you know, revolves around, okay, how can I get this next tool into their hands? Or how can I get this net, you know, this upgraded uh, piece, you know, to give them more functionality. Absolutely brilliant idea. And it's something that a lot more businesses should be implementing in order to be the category king of, you know, whatever business you're in, because you really do need to own the racetrack as opposed to just a couple of horses in the race. Yeah, we, we feel the same way. And I love that analogy. I think I might steal that one when I talk to people here going forward. But it also helps with just building relationships. So one of our SaaS platforms we're building is a marketplace to connect buyers and sellers of truck parts. My tools lead you to the part you need to buy. I got a bunch of sellers that want to sell something. Let's connect them and build a marketplace. But to do that, we have to have great relationships with people that sell parts and make parts. So we do a lot of commingling with it. Hey, be on our platform. We'll get you on a podcast. We'll get you some banner ad space. We'll do some social media stuff. So we're using our own platforms, not just for us, but to help build and foster those relationships with the third-party companies that we're working with as vendors and strategic suppliers. So it's, yeah, it, it, it all folds together really nicely once you can get that machine really going and get the eyeballs. And we always say around here, eyeballs win at the end of the day. Let's just keep making sure we get the right traffic. Exactly. I love the way you articulated that. Uh, Tyler, can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about your company and how they can reach out to you directly if they want to get in touch? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. I've been posting on there pretty much since day one, uh, every week on what's going on inside my company. So I'm on LinkedIn, just search for Tyler Robertson or Tyler Diesel. I will pop up. 
Uh, otherwise, diesellaptops.com. You can learn more about our industry. If you want to see what our diesel ad network looks like, there's a link on there for that. But yeah, love to connect with people and talk about our industry. I love it. Tyler, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun. I love that you brought the energy and I love how we can just, you know, really illuminate how different industries are using, you know, pretty much the technologies that all of us have, you know, available to us in new and interesting ways. So I really appreciate you taking the time to explain all that today. No problem at all. And thank you for inviting me on the show. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.